Hello and welcome to the Jammy Sesh, a place where at least 50% of us are wearing our pajamas and 100% of us are talking about our medical school dilemmas. I'm Grace, a third year at an allopathic medical school in the U.S., and I'm happy you're here. Our first season will be a series on bioethical dilemmas that we have encountered in our clinical rotations. We won't necessarily decide what is right or wrong because we recognize that the world is not black and white and that every situation is unique. But we do want to explore how we, as medical students, can best be stewards of the bioethical principles in our work. We may say things that you don't agree with, and we encourage different viewpoints. But this podcast is also meant to be a space in which we can debrief about our emotions and reactions to these often challenging situations. So we hope you enjoy as we blunder through our very own problems. In this episode, we will be chatting with Ben. Ben is from Williamson, New York. After graduating high school, Ben joined the Navy, but worked for the Marines. Um, Upon returning to the U.S., Ben earned a degree in biochemistry from St. John Fisher with a minor in English and is now a third-year medical student. Outside of medical school, Ben faithfully serves in the church and leads Bible studies. Also, Ben is not only a real jokester, but a truly wonderful friend. Welcome to the jammy sesh, Ben. (laughs) Hi, Grace. (laughs) (laughs) And a quick shout out to Sarah who may be the only person listening to this. (laughs) So in general, when caring for patients, we hope to convey respect, empathy, and compassion that can not only help to build rapport, but can also facilitate the formation of a trusting physician-patient relationship. We hope that this bond can be healing and bring comfort to the patient. However, in some scenarios, the patient may be uncomfortable, whether... Um, It's due to the physician's race, age, gender, um, or some other aspect of uh, the person that is providing their care. Um, So Ben, I'm wondering how this played into your OBGYN clerkship experiences. Okay. Um, Well, going into medical school, I had certain ideas about what I would do. Um, Pediatrics was something that was high on my list. And I kind of, as I think many men going into medical school, feel like uh, OBGYN was, really wasn't on the table. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just something that, for different reasons, we just don't want to even venture into that area. And I had a really, really good class. Um, like It was like a dedicated two weeks called like Women's Health. Mm-hmm. And I was like completely fascinated with the, the topic, um, the physiology, like just like how, how everything works is was just very interesting to me. And I really liked the teacher mm-hmm. and she really encouraged me uh, that this could be an option for me. Even as a man, I brought that up to her and she's like, Oh, that won't be a problem. Um, so I kind of kept it in the back burner. I did a little bit of shadowing and then I um, was pretty still convinced that I was going to do pediatrics, but I kind of kept an even more open mind when I was on the OBGYN rotation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one of the things that is really tough is about OBGYN for me is just the the idea that I'm a guy and this is a girl and I'm like doing a very intimate exam mm-hmm. and I'm hearing very intimate things about her life 
And I think part of that is my, there's a degree of personality and culture, but there's also my faith kind of, you know, has some views about male and female relationships outside of marriage. And um, it just seemed like there was something intrinsically improper about like a guy specializing only in women's issues, uh, women's health issues. So I think I had, you know, I, I kind of had to get over that before I even went into medicine because I knew I was going to be seeing, you know, women naked at different parts of my training. And I, I have certain, like, I'm okay with that. Like, it's not like I can't see a girl naked. That's my patient. But there was just something about every single day going into the office and like, this is all I do, um, seemed like kind of, that's not going to work, <laughs> but, um, but I was trying to keep an open mind and, um, I really did actually, actually, I think the best week of my third year medical school experience was on OBGYN. Mm. Um, it was just a really great experience on the other weeks too, but there was this, one like one experience kind of exemplified kind of what I ended up taking away. Mm-hmm. It was an outpatient. I was seeing an outpatient, uh, patient, out cl- clinical or ambulatory patient, mm-hmm. and um, I forget what exactly brought her in, but she was kind of about my age, so like super super old. <laughs> <laughs> You're not old, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was middle aged. Middle aged. <laughs> A little bit younger than me, like late twenties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we did an exam, a, a vaginal exam, and the doctor did it first, and it was painful. But then she said, "Why don't you also do it, Ben?" And I remember kind of, you know, inserting the speculum and seeing her tense up, and then I could see her face kind of, kind of contorting in pain, and I was just doing stuff to her vagina mm-hmm. and she was in pain <laughs> mm-hmm. and it just felt like very wrong. <laughs> Some, something felt really bad about it. Um, and I know it wasn't wrong. I know it was like what we were, we, this, I mean, it was part of my education. Um, you know, it was part of diagnosing her. Um, and you know, everything was, you know, the patient doctor relationship kind of, makes that interaction acceptable much mm-hmm. like you know a marriage in my mind would make a husband and wife's interactions appropriate you know this you know i think the doctor patient relationship sanctions that kind of you know me being able to do that kind of exam mm-hmm. in good you know being proper and all that but there's just something like something about that it's just like man i don't know if i can do this mm-hmm. <laughs> forever like again and again right right and i think at least for me, like even as a woman, sometimes I felt bad doing it because as a medical student, I don't have as much experience. And so sometimes I don't know the little tricks that make it less uncomfortable or um, other things of that nature. And it makes me wonder because I always feel worse when the patient looks like they're in pain. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you know, I guess... I think uh, I could tell you a little bit more some of the conclusions I drew from experiences like that, but um, it kind of made me ask, re-ask some questions that I've already kind of been asking, like, is it appropriate 
for a, a guy a, to do like a guy doctor to do exams on the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know if you have if, like what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think I think it depends on the woman. I think if she, because I think some women are may actually be more comfortable or equally comfortable with a male physician doing the exam. Um, And so I think if that's the case and she has um, kind of autonomously chosen that male physician, I think um, if that's what makes her comfortable and provides her the best medical care for her, um, then I think it's appropriate. But I think um, it gets tough when it's a situation where she doesn't have as much of a choice. Um, For example, if it's emergency care and um, it's whichever resident gets called down and the person happens to be male and there's not time to look for a female resident Um, or with like medical students participating. um, I think it's hard because the the male medical students have just as much a need to learn as the female medical students. But like you're saying, it is a very, a very intimate exam. Um, and it's, it's a part of a woman's body that sometimes has never been touched before. And so it does feel really weird to think about even being like the first um, set of hands that have performed this exam on her. Um, yeah. So yeah, what do you think about it? Well, I kind of, I kind of allude a little bit that, you know, like, um, the relationship that exists between a doctor and a patient is it's like, I don't know, sacred might be a strong word, but it's, 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 I think um, it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, privileged, like special, like there's a trust, uh, there's a vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And then with that vulnerability from the patient comes a very high expectation from the doctor to use that vulnerability to better the patient and other patients you know right um so i think i think coming into medical school and i still believe this that um that that relationship you know makes it okay like to mm-hmm. have those intimate moments uh those that intimate knowledge of someone's personal life or their you know their body I think that that's that's good and it's pure and it's proper um i remember that that doctor who ran that course that i told you about mm-hmm. that women's health course she said that if so this might be a good bridge into the next kind of issue in my head but i'd asked her like what so what happens if you know one of your patients doesn't want a male doctor to be involved in your care mm-hmm. and then this do- uh, this female doctor said well we actually have a therapist that will then talk to that patient because there's nothing impure, nothing in clean. This is like a good, like good thing. This kind of interaction between a male doctor and a female patient. And if something is wrong, that means something's wrong with the patient's like view of men. Like mm-hmm. there's like a, a psych, like the implica- implication was there was like a psychiatric or like some kind of baggage going into this relationship that needed to be addressed before. And then she said like her partners wouldn't even go forward with their, their work together with this patient, if that was an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so that was like um, the autonomy thing that you mentioned um, it almost seemed like 
you know, my uh, this doctor I was telling you about, uh, she's almost like, well, they shouldn't have a problem choosing a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so she almost was not okay with a doctor being turned down because of, he was male. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like one of the issues that came up also for me was every time a, a girl in OBGYN would say they didn't want me to come into the room, mm-hmm. it felt like it undermined my confidence that this relationship was a, was a good one. Mm. It, it was like an, it was something impure about, about it because mm-hmm. like, why would they keep a guy out, you know, if, if it was okay, you know? Right. Was it just um, because you were a guy that they didn't want you in the room or were there other reasons that came up? Um, I can't say, like, I know being a med student came up sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but I, my memory is vaguely recalling times when it was because I was a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember, oh, there was one specific time I remember a woman said, no men in the room at all. I hate men. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so. That's funny. <laughs> so. Well, so. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think about, like, women refusing a male doctor when um, the reason is more cultural rather than just... Um, like just a straight up preference for not having a male doctor. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think there's a practical thing that in some sense, it's like whatever the rules are, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I would, if a, if a girl said, I'm not, I don't want you doing that exam for any reason, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Or, if they didn't want me and they were being forced to take me as their doctor for some reason, then I wouldn't do it regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think one thing that, and like, I think one thing that comes into my head is we're in a, like a situation in our culture right now where, you know, people are, you know, people will sometimes turn down doctors for their race mm-hmm. or their nationality. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's no longer acceptable in some institutions. Like if, if you, you take that doctor or go somewhere out of, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I wonder how is it different, you know, if it's my culture that like Muslims are bad and I don't want a Muslim to be a part of my most intimate experience, then because culture is anything like you, you could say it's anything like anything you grew up with or you live in, breathe in. Mm-hmm. Um, so why is it any different for us to kind of demonize like that versus mm-hmm. I don't want a guy in the room? Right. Um, I guess then it leads me to wonder how we can, um, how we can still act beneficently towards the relationship with the patient, um, and do good for them if they're, uh, if they're going to be uncomfortable with the care because I think I think long term it makes sense to explore um, kind of their reasoning behind uh, why they don't want specific people caring for them Uh, but when there's an immediate need for like medical care um, or for medical advice um, I wonder 
if they were to have to accept a certain doctor that they at that point aren't comfortable with um is that is that really doing good for them is it mm-hmm. or is it even harming them yeah yeah i think um you know there's that i don't know if it's a saying but you know there's what's there's the the right there's like sometimes the right thing and then there's like the loving thing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like i mean like if a woman is giving pregnant or giving birth and mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want that man, like man in this room right now. And she's having a contraction. That's not like, it's not very compassionate or nice or kind to like, <laughs> well, we have to have a bioethics conversation <laughs> right now. Just hold it, hold that baby for the next 10 minutes. Um, but I think just as a broader, like, why is it, why is it different? You know, mm-hmm. um, I think, you know, why is it a different situation for like a male and female versus a Christian and a Muslim kind of thing, um, turning down each other for some reason for an exam. Right. Um, but I think what's in the best interests in some ways in the immediate sense would probably be to like whatever the patient's going to trust mm-hmm. like if they if they for some reason feel like they can't trust a man or if they can't feel like they can't trust like a muslim like in that situation for whatever reason i feel like in the moment it'd be better to just let them have their wish as you're able to accommodate them you know mm-hmm. um but i think you know as a you know was that like fairness you know like if you have to pull other doctors who are seeing other patients to kind of accommodate this this issue which some of us might call prejudice mm-hmm. like you know depending on the situation it's either culture or if we don't like it we call it prejudice right um that could be a problem too because you're affecting other people's care right and i i agree i think there is a fine line there um and one that gets really fuzzy a lot um and so i guess i guess what it kind of sounds like is that uh that we really have to consider the situation. So if it's like an emergency, um, then like maybe it's it's not the best time to be uh, like fixing the cultural divide um, and fixing or addressing issues of prejudice. But um, I guess in longer term scenarios, we are able to better build that relationship and better um, address these issues and not let them continue to grow and divide and I don't know take Mm -hmm. over the world (laughs) yeah well that's even like a good point is like healthcare is essentially an engine for social change Mm -hmm. like um I think you know they talk about you know we have culture or morals or mores in America and in medical school there's like an attempt, I, there's definitely an attempt to change culture through medical care. So mm-hmm. like, even like the, you know, just the idea of like, in like gender, you know, like asking everybody what their gender is. Um, and even if they are like appear very obviously to be male or female, um, can, and, and, you know, it could be viewed as like a way to essentially, it, and they even say that it's like, we're trying to normalize this question which is like they're trying to change kind of the culture around that or asking everyone about 
sex, like how they have sex, you know, whereas like certain types of sex, you know, like oral or anal sex might have been stigmatized in the past by asking everyone about it. It's like, oh, it's normal to have sex Mm -hmm. any of these ways, whereas I bet our grandparents would have been shocked to be asked those questions because it's, you know, there was a stigma attached to doing some of those things. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question is maybe in the fairness, you know, part of, you know, those four, like um, non-maleficence, beneficence, autonomy, and like fairness, I think is the fourth one. Right. Justice. Should justice, should we be using our individual patient encounters to try to advance a different culture mm-hmm. and who gets to decide what that culture is? You know, is it the America, the medical societies that mm-hmm. are licensing people mm-hmm. or should it be families? Should it be churches? Should it be, you know, Right. And that's, I feel like that's actually a lot of, um, like a lot of power that we secretly have. Um, Mm. And even as medical students, I feel we have a role in that. And I think it's hard to define, but I think um, for each of us, we all have specific um, issues that are closer to our heart than um, perhaps others. And so uh, we can kind of walk forward with those and try to um, make those part of our practice to um, to kind of address and to be kind of moving those in a in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess what are so we've talked a bit about um, non maleficence and beneficence and justice um, in terms of like cultural justice, racial justice. Um, so what are what are some other kind of ethical dilemmas that you have identified or thought about um, in this in this context? Um, so I think, you know, the main things were, you know, there's something about questioning the um, like the rightness of, um, you know, this encounter, this the intimacy of this encounter between a male and a female mm-hmm. um, uh, patient. Um, and I think, uh, some of the dilemma, you know, I believe in that kind of, that exists, but then there are, it seems like there's, there's these hints that it, that this, that the sanctity of that relationship isn't as sacred as you think, because, you know, women are allowed to turn down male providers. Um, you know, you also hear kind of the, um, the chaperone kind of thing, like, um, I think that that also makes me feel uncomfortable in the sense that like, why do I need a chaperone? Like I thought, like I don't need a chaperone to talk to a male patient about, you know, do a testicular exam on a male patient. You know, I don't have to need a chaperone for a lot of other exams that I do that do expose people to some extent. Um, so I think, I think that, I think that's really the kind of crux of this whole, the specific issue for me is, is this really a, you know, you know, is this relationship really uh, like one I would want to enter into? Like, you know, do I really feel comfortable entering in to this relationship with a, you know, a female patient Mm -hmm. um, when there seems to be all these other, these other things that kind of suggest that it's not as rock solid and um yeah so, so i 
Oh, go ahead. Well, it sounds like you've ruled out OBGYN as your future. <laughs> so, yes, I have. I do think I've ruled it out. And just as kind of a recap, I I feel that even though, yes, I do believe that there is this, you know, theoretical relationship, like covering or, you know, sanctity about the relationship between a female doctor and a male, a male doctor and a female patient. Um, there was enough kind of things, experiences and kind of hints in throughout my time in third year that kind of just said that, uh, I wouldn't be comfortable mm. uh, being an OBGYN, OBGYN doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there were other reasons that kind of factored into that decision that I won't get into. Like, I mean, one of them was lifestyle, but a couple other things, but, um, I also kind of thought that, you know, there's a lot of women that do want to go into OBGYN mm -hmm. and there is needs for doctors in almost every, in every field. Mm -hmm. So like um, the justice or fairness principle going about, you know, there's needs everywhere. There's no reason that I need to push myself to go into a need that I don't feel comfortable with when I can just as easily go into another need. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, needed area. Um, so I kind of did that. Yeah. So I'm currently planning to apply into child neurology. Woohoo! <laughs> Kiddo brains. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I expect to meet a lot of kindred spirits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, so yeah, that actually, that, that makes sense. Um, and I think it's really cool that you are thinking child neurology. Um, I have a feeling you'll be very good at it. So <laughs> that'll be awesome. Um, so I guess in conclusion, um, I'm surprised you haven't made fun of me yet for naming my podcast The Jammy Sesh, which is a, basically about pajamas. So I am wondering <laughs> then... If you are wearing pajamas, and if so, if you could describe them, and if not, please describe your favorite <laughs> pair of pajamas. <laughs> well, I actually am wearing my pajamas, yes. and uh, it actually is very late in the day. <laughs> but I actually am just wearing their like plaid pajama bottoms and a white t-shirt, and uh, classic, very nice. Yeah. And I don't wear it to bed, but I have an oversized hoodie uh, that's dark green, or it's olive green. For some reason, I'm into, like, olive drab green now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> One of the residents told me it was very, I, I was wearing this and my olive drab green uh, backpack. Mm -hmm. And he said it was very on point or on brand. That's what he said. Nice. And I was like. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what brand am I? <laughs> well, you're very on brand today, Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks for being on the Jammy Sesh today, Ben. My pleasure. Glad I could help. Hope, uh, hope uh, people got something out of it. Uh, I enjoy talking to you. <laughs> all right.